This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and I'm delighted to welcome you to this podcast and even more delighted to inform you that, yes, you're listening to the Reaction Podcast of Game 4, the game that the Raptors won 105-92, holding the Warriors to their lowest scoring output of the 2019 playoffs. How fitting for the best defense of the 2019 playoffs. And that they are now up 3-1 in the NBA Finals. The good times, they are rolling. The Warriors, they got Klay Thompson back. They established him early in the game. He had a terrific game. He was awesome. Playing off the mismatch he had on Kyle Lowry early. The Warriors had things going for them more so than they did in Game 3. And the Raptors, they took that initial punch. They counterpunched. And having Kawhi Leonard on the team and having Kyle Lowry on the team to control pace and to gift this such a high level of shot making was such a blessing for the Raptors. So the start, the Raptors, as we know, having watched the game, really tough start to the game offensively. Outside of Kawhi Leonard, there wasn't much going on. Kawhi Leonard was the only guy making threes for the first half, it seemed, and the Raptors weren't ma- they weren't able to make any shots outside of Kawhi Leonard. They had 12 points in the first half. Sorry, in the first quarter with roughly like a minute left, and then Kawhi went on one of those crazy bursts that he sometimes goes on. He hits triple, kept pushing, got a bucket, things of that nature. And then the first quarter, it looked a lot better than it initially looked after Kawhi went on his burst. But how the Warriors were scoring, the Raptors' defense was still pretty good, but the Warriors were doing a really good job of picking on Kyle Lowry in the post with Klay Thompson. Since Klay Thompson doesn't need 
to get to the basket when he posts up. He's one of the few players that can actually succeed when posting up Kyle Lowry. He doesn't need to back Kyle Lowry down. He just needs to get position, then shoot over top. They're able to manipulate a lot of advantages out of that play type. They went to it quite often on that right block, and Clay he would turn over his, I guess it would be his right shoulder, sorry, left shoulder, and go to that baseline jumper. Or if the Raptors, when they start doubling, he would usually escape the double, start disrupting the defense from there, get the Raptors' defense a bit on edge. They'd make plays from there. Draymond Green was much better playmaking in the start of the game than he was in the latter half, and that drove a lot of their offense because Curry wasn't very good offensively in this game and understand that he had a lot of attention on him. But, you know, it's it's tough for a guy to take on the full brunt of the Raptors' defense because the Raptors' defense is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good, I got to tell you. And so for Curry, it's it's a big ask, especially just a day and a half ago. Well, I guess two days ago, technically. Well, almost specifically technically. Two days ago, he went and he dropped 47 on the Raptors. And that was when he was just a, a one-man wrecking crew. My God. But the Warriors, they, they went through their offense that way. DeMarcus Cousins had a dreadful start to the game. But Draymond Green, Kevon Looney... Both played and Iguodala all had really strong defensive starts and decent offensive starts to the game. And the story of the first half was Kawhi is dragging the Raptors through it. The Raptors defense is holding up and it just, the Raptors, they were within four by the time halftime rolled around. Their front court, Siakam, Gasol, really, really got beat bad in the first half. It was, it was really, they were struggling a lot to contend with Iguodala, Gavon Looney, and Draymond Green. Serge Ibaka came in for a quick punch in the mouth, and he, he did a really good job injecting a bit of life into that front court, and that's something that happened later on in the game as well. He was fantastic. But he stepped in, and he brought a lot of energy, and that was good. There was a nice reprieve from the lack of the lack of size it seemed like the Raptors had. Nurse even went to the jumbo lineup in the second quarter. That's Gasol at the 5, Ibaka at the 4, just to kind of breathe some life into the lineups because the Raptors were getting demolished on the boards. And that was pretty much where the Warriors were getting all of their their energy from, right, is getting on the defensive glass and pushing in transition because they still were having a lot of trouble scoring against the Raptors' half-court defense, which that has been the trend for every single team in the 2019 NBA playoffs that has had the misfortune to play the Toronto Raptors is, God damn, I cannot score against this half-court defense. That seems to be the running theme outside of Kawhi Leonard's heroism and also Kyle Lowry's wonderful turn from perceived playoff choker to soon-to-be champion or having a really good chance at a title there's, there's a lot of great things to take from this Raptors playoff run, but the defense seems to be one of, one of the biggest things to take away from it, ostensibly, at least I think that way. The second half, and also just I have to say, I have to acknowledge that Gasol was very poor offensively in the first half, like very, very poor. It was really fortunate that in the second half, he was getting the ball at the end of the shot clock before putting up shots so that it was like, he had no choice but to put that thing up because he's a good shooter. He can shoot the damn thing. He's just so reluctant to shoot it that sometimes he passes up great shots and creates okay shots and just runs clock. 
Sometimes, not such a great thing to do, especially when the Warriors were really putting the clamps on the Raptors in the first half. Anyway, same thing that happened in Game 4. Danny Green starts the first half. Fred Van Vliet starts the second half. This is to keep throwing that look at Curry. This is to keep Van Vliet guarding him. Van Vliet did such a fantastic job on Curry. He did a really, really good job, as he has been doing all series. Danny Green, who had a terrible first half, really terrible. He missed all of his shots, wasn't able to convert on his wide-open looks. Just things weren't going his way, which is unfortunate, but that's that's how it shakes out sometimes. So that's what happened. And the, the second half is it's kind of a, a beautiful happening for the Raptors, right? Is Kawhi Leonard came on, and the Raptors, they were, they were pretty aggressive to start the second half, and that was great because... The biggest thing, the biggest development of the third quarter was that Kawhi came out aggressive, Kyle aggressive, Fred aggressive, and they really, really punished the Warriors for sometimes, the way you saw at the end of the game, Danny Green was just, here's a foul, here's a foul, here's a foul, here's a foul, handing them out, sending the Warriors to the line six times by himself in the fourth quarter. That's what the Warriors were like in the third quarter, and the Raptors, they got into the bonus with like five minutes left in the third quarter. Well, damn, if you're going to put the Raptors in the bonus, then just hand Kawhi Leonard the keys to the car. He's far too strong, far too physical to be defended when you know he's going to the line every time you touch him. And he's so good at foul hunting without being floppy and just being the machine that he is, right? And so he starts going at Sean Livingston, Alfonso McKinney, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, whoever is guarding him, and they are playing let's say, a less than aggressive brand of defense on him because they're aware of the bonus situation that, hey, if they touch his arm, he'll just raise up and that, that won't be a wasted possession for the Raptors. He'll be going to the line for two points. He took that less than aggressive defense and took advantage of it to the nth degree, rising up for easy mid-range jumpers and then when there was any pressure applied to him, marching to the line. And my God, he closed out that third quarter like... Like the best player in the league closes out a third quarter. And pretty much stomped out the Warriors' chances in in game four. He did such a terrific job. An incredible job of handling that third quarter. Shutting down and ending any type of momentum the Warriors had. On the other end, Steve Kerr, he subbed out Clay Thompson. And look what reappeared. Nick Nurse... That genius went right back to the box and won in a hilarious troll of the Warriors. It was Steph Curry out there by himself again, and they just did it again. And the Warriors couldn't score against the box and won that quote-unquote what Steph Curry called janky defense. Whatever, man. It works. I can't believe the Raptors went back to it, but how enjoyable was that, right, to just throw it right back in their face and say... Well, you guys thought the box and one was gimmicky. Here it is again. Here's another box and one. And they couldn't score against it either. They had such a tough time creating against it. The Raptors mitigated all of Curry's success, all of his advantages on the court when he was there. And they caused a lot of missed shots. And they got out in transition. And they pushed and they pushed. And it was, it was a wonderful plan. And they went into the fourth quarter looking poised and ready to take game four to go back into Toronto, to go back into Scotiabank Arena and take 
the title in game five. That's the way they looked after after the, f- the third quarter ended. And the fourth quarter was, there's a bit of unfortunate things happening that, right, is Fred Van Vliet, he really, really got caught after Sean Livingston was attempting a layup. His elbow came down. There was no intention whatsoever, but his elbow came down on top of Fred Van Vliet's face, cut him wide open under his eye. He had to get seven stitches. One of his teeth fell out. And we never we saw it on the floor as a free throw was happening. The camera crew picked it up, but apparently none of the players picked it up. It didn't show anybody picking the tooth up. So that storyline still doesn't have a bow on it. If anyone wants to try and figure that out, watch for it. But that that's the thing. And he went and he got his seven stitches and he came right back. He didn't come back in the game. He sat on the bench. And what happened after that was basically Danny Green... Anytime he picked up Curry, like three three quarter court, picked him up, and pretty much Curry was able to get downhill every single possession. Big shout out to the Raptors defense that was so good at moving, shifting, and changing up so that Curry wasn't able to create that much outside of the fouls he created. And so that was happening for a little while. And while all this was going on, Serge Ibaka from the third quarter on was being the baddest man in existence he came on to the raptor (laughs) he was breathing fire man he's hitting every jumper and i was i was sitting there with my hands up in the air wondering what are you doing search when he took that baseline jumper in the first quarter i was like what are we doing here is this the offense really but then in the second quarter, he's doing behind the backs into pull-up jumpers. He's grabbing boards. He's skying for blocks. He's everywhere on defense. He's changing the physical aspect of the game for the Raptors. He's swinging the momentum to their side. And he was so flipping good on the dive. It's it's very exciting to talk about for me, if I'm a bit overexcited. But the Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka pick and roll is so damn good, right? And that was the lifeblood for a little bit because Kawhi Leonard, he's taking a bit of a break. He, he had a big load to carry in the at the end of the third quarter. Kyle Lowry takes over the bulk of the offensive possessions. He starts finding Serge Ibaka on the roll. He's getting dunks. He's getting easy layups. He finishes with like 20 points on like 90% shooting or 87% shooting. Everything is going terrific. He's fantastic on defense. The Raptors are rolling. They look like they're toppling the Warriors. Even though the Warriors are hitting those classic big threes that Clay gets loose for, that you think, oh, maybe this is the start of the run. No. Kyle Lowry is too smart for you. You create a good shot, whatever. He'll create a good shot on the other end. He'll take his time. He'll manipulate the defense. He'll find one of his rolling bigs going downhill to the rim. Or, you know, he can just reset and go back out to Kawhi Leonard who can foul hunt who can pull up from mid-range or can force the defense into something really awkward and try and get to the basket they have the formula right now and they abuse the formula in the fourth quarter they just followed it tried and true it's Kawhi Leonard said in his post-game interview he said Kyle Lowry is our quarterback and Kyle Lowry he delivered in so many ways and a quick shout out to Danny Green and Pascal Siakam who hit shots they hit shots down the, the fourth quarter stretch, and that was terrific. Siakam was great on defense, as he usually is. Danny Green, less so. He, he didn't have a super good game, but he hit those two triples. That was big and be, because, of course, it's great to hit triples against the Warriors, especially when they're surging. But 
Kyle, the way he played the game, him and Kawhi, they, the way they were able to pass around the Warriors' defense, that makeshift looking Warriors' defense, they dismantled them. And they really they took care of business. The Raptors knew the stakes, they knew their opponent, they handled every run, took it on the chin, they missed so many makeable shots in the first half. They stayed tried and true to what they were doing. They played their great principled defense. They kept plugging away on offense, and eventually everything turned around. It was a it was like a Milwaukee Bucks versus Raptors game in the Eastern Conference Finals. You saw the Raptors were down at halftime. They're down, but it's gonna be okay. It's just gonna be fine because the Raptors' poise, their resiliency is just too much. They are just smarter. They are calmer. They are more composed than your favorite team. They're more composed than any other team in this league. It was like LeBron versus the East levels of composed. Anything can happen against this team, and they're still going to get the win. Really, really, maybe watching LeBron do that to them and every other team in the East for so long taught them something. And obviously, Kawhi Leonard being the most unflappable person in the world. Boardman. Boardman gets paid. Bucket. Bucket. Him doing that, him being that, is definitely worthwhile. But the Raptors, the way they've put together this team, this cerebral, intelligent, composed team, and then add on top of that so much talent and flair with Pascal Siakam, talent and flair with Kyle Lowry, talent and grit with Fred Van Vliet, talent and flair with Marcus Gasol, and then just one of the best players in the league with Kawhi Leonard, and then this huge mammoth $20 million a year making money Serge Ibaka off the bench. Sometimes he'll play like he's worth $2 million. Sometimes he comes in the damn game, he's worth $30 million. And that's one of those games. It was like that game against Philadelphia. When he just came in gangbusters and started throwing everybody for loops. Because, you know, he has these, he's these hills and valleys in his game that are just unbelievable. Because it's like, sometimes he'll just sit in the background of a game. You'll be like, who the hell is this guy? Then... He'll come into a game and be like, who the hell is this guy? Oh my, like, it is unbelievable. His ceiling that he's sometimes able to reach is mammoth. It is so large. And when he finds his way into a game and finds his way to impact the game, he just completely shakes everything up. And the Raptors are so much better for it. It's a wonderful little thing to happen. Wonderful. Man. And they won. And the awards now, the award, the Mitchell Robinson Award or the Antagonist Award, I think very deservedly will go to Draymond Green. I personally am not a, I don't like the drama of basketball. I don't like that kind of stuff. I really like the game. But seeing how Draymond Green addresses refs really makes me feel petty because I find myself saying like, give him a technical every time because how he addresses refs seems so out of sorts compared to to other players, it seems like his leash is so much longer. Like he he walks up to them like he's gonna punch him in the damn face. Like he, it's I it's hard to believe that he gets away with it. And so he got called for one. But the way he acts, his braggadocious manner, his cocky demeanor on the court, it it does serve as a very, a very. <laughs> and also he rolled over on top of Siakam's leg. I was watching the ABC 
um, the ABC feed, but they didn't show the replay. But I saw it on Twitter is when you know Siakam fell down after Kyle Lowry got blocked on the break from Draymond Green. Draymond Green fell down on top of his leg, rolled over. When Siakam reached, Andrew Bogut just two arms shoved him, and I was like, "What the hell is happening?" What the hell is happening? So maybe Draymond Green and Andrew Bogut can both share that award. But Andrew Andrew Bogut probably not deserving it as much as Draymond Green relative to this game and how things work. Man, the Reggie Evans Award is Serge Ibaka. I know Kawhi Leonard is fantastic and great. He brought this baby home. But Serge Ibaka changed the fabric of the game with his physicality. The, the ability to sky for those blocks, these rebounds... Getting to the rim on the dive. My God. It's the way he can come in and change the face of the game as a bench big. This obscenely talented, physically gifted bench big is incredible. Just the potential that's sitting in his bones, ready to be unleashed on an unsuspecting team that's like, oh, Serge, he was really quiet in the first half. He'll, he'll probably be quiet in the second half, you know? You hear the announcers from other teams. Yeah, well, geez, this guy Serge, I tell you, he's he hasn't been doing much of anything. I uh, I don't know what to tell you. I don't think he's going to be a much of a factor going forward than in the second half. Geez, Lord, there's this Serge Ibaka guy. He comes screaming in from the three-point line. He's got a rebound. He's got a putback. Oh, my God, he's got six blocks. This guy's been incredible. Do you see what he's been able to do? Where, where was he in the first half? And it's unbelievable the way he comes in and just changes the face of the game. I'm repeating myself, but Serge Ibaka, man, he can really, really do some things off the bench, especially when he figures out where he fits in the game and then just goes 100% at that. Wow. He can really, he can bring some things. And how much fun is that to watch, really? It's, and rewarding as well. My God. Mexi Baller is the top quick reaction comment with the Raptors played like champions tonight. That was a clinic. F yeah. 100% man. The Raptors did play like champions. They play like they're up 3-1 in a series against one of the most dominant dynasties of all time. And Kawhi Leonard looks like a guy who has closed the chapter, closed the book on a dynasty before the Miami Heat. And he looks ready to close the book on another in the Golden State Warriors. Thank you so much for listening. Whether you're listening during the the morning, afternoon, at night, whatever it is, have a blessed day and goodbye. The constant energy, the tight turns and bustle of the city. Some are just happy to survive it. Others were destined to conquer it. The Lexus UX and UX F-Sport crossovers with a 33 MPG combined estimate and the most advanced standard safety system in its class. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. 2020 UX versus 2019 and 2020 competitors. Information from manufacturers' websites as of 8 13 2019 2020 Lexus UX 200, EPA 29 City, 37 Highway, 33 combined MPG estimates. Actual mileage will vary. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. 
Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.